And so Colossians 3, and if you're able to, let's stand again. We're going to read the first four verses and uh, get back into the Word of God and uh, continue on, really, not the same message, a totally different message, starting off for verses 3 and 4. But let's read all four. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear... Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And I want to preach out of these, actually, verses 3 and 4 this afternoon on the subject matter, a new life in Christ. A new life in Christ, and I'll share where we're going with it for the next few weeks here in just a moment. Let's have a word of prayer, ask God's blessing on the service. Father, we love you. Thank you again for the word of God. What I never want to cease from giving thanks for the scriptures, And Lord, what the Holy Spirit does to apply them to our hearts and our lives. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today. Lord, that we would see this new life in Christ. Lord, that we would cherish that and we would live in victory as a result of it. Lord, have your will and way throughout this time now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I see in verse number four, and I just want to give a little bit of background, but then future over the next few weeks, probably through the month of December. As I looked in verse number four, where it says, when Christ, who is our life? And that little phrase, speaking of Christ, who is our life? And for the next few weeks, I want to take the time in our afternoon service here, and I'll be preaching along the subject matters of our identity in Christ. And I'll lay the groundwork for that by saying this, I believe across our nation that there is a very severe identity crisis. Now when I say an identity crisis, may I say one of the most well-known, and, and, and I understand this, it's probably where your mind is going right now, on just the ability to identify male and female. But may I say this, that's, that's not where this is going for a, a mini-series of messages as I'm looking at this, but I believe overall there's a greater identity crisis than just male and female across our nation. But I believe it's even inside of our churches, not that manifestation, but yet... The identity crisis, I believe, um, affects our, our men, our ladies, our children, because there is such a desire and trying to figure out who am I and what's my position in my place. We have God-given responsibilities and privileges that have been given to us. And I want to say this, if we get our identity in Christ nailed down, then I believe everything else will a little easier fall in place. We have husbands and fathers that it's not sufficient for them to be a husband and a father today. 
They have to find fulfillment in everything outside of that. It's as the the term dad maybe is not enough to be able to satisfy who they are. But at the same time, we have wives and mothers that are not satisfied with who they are. That they go through and they, the privileges that God has given to them in this season of life. And if you've been around me whatsoever, you know I'm, I'm not the, the type of preacher that just believes. In fact, I had conversations about this last week. That I'm not the type of preacher that just believe that the, the, the wife and the mother is just supposed to be locked inside the four walls of the house day in and day out. And they're only allowed to go out one time a week and do the grocery shopping and then come back in and have everything ready. You say, well, where do you get that? Listen, Proverbs 31 is not a woman and a lady that just is locked inside the four walls of the house on a regular basis. And if that just messed up your theology, then it need to be messed up. Now, as we look in the scriptures, but we say this, and we have dads and moms, and we have husbands and wives, and and listen, the identity of who they are and who God is allowing them to be at the stage of life that they're in, it isn't satisfying to them. And they're always looking for something else. We've gotten into a day and age of, of social media that now a person's identity is completely false and it's a false persona of who they are online. And wouldn't it be interesting if everybody for the next week actually put their real selves out on social media? We'd quit reading it. We'd quit being addicted to it. We'd quit have to sit there for hours... I, w- I would dare to say that 75, 80% on that is not the real per. It's just the person we want everybody else to think that we are. But we're finding, and I say we, we're finding our fulfillment in the identity that we portray to everybody else. And we're just not satisfied and content in who God has made us to be where we are in life, and what God has allowed us to be able to fulfill. Well, when we come here to Colossians chapter number 3, and he makes this statement, when Christ, who is our life. I believe we're living in a day and age that the majority of Christians are more dissatisfied with Christ than what we ever have been. You say, well, it's, it's, just, it, it's not fulfilling enough for me to be a mom. Now, be careful on statements like that. When we need something else to be able to satisfy us and to be able to fulfill us. No, I believe this. I believe being a mom, and this is not a Mother's Day message, is one of the greatest responsibilities that could ever be placed upon you to be able to raise the next generation. 
You say, well, I'm not a mom, so that takes that off there. And now all of a sudden you're feeling depressed. No, there's an entire generation coming behind you that God can use you to be able to impact and to be able to educate and to be able to see them raised up. We ought to be satisfied with who God has made us, but we want to change everything. Now, easy now. I don't like my nose. I'm going to go get that changed. Well, I guess you want one you can pick, right? (laughs) Well, I didn't get to pick this one. I'm going to go pick my next one. Well, I don't like the way my cheekbones are. I don't like the way my eyebrows are. It's amazing as we go through life spiritually, emotionally, and physically how dissatisfied we are with our identity. And he says, but when Christ, who is our life, I wonder this, I wonder how many of us are satisfied with where God has us in life right now. I'm not talking about being content. I don't need to read my Bible more. I don't need to pray more. No, I'm ta- we always need to grow. I'm talking about spiritual growth here But when being who you are in life just isn't enough, but it's who God's made made you to be. Your position in life, well, just being a mom or just being a dad, it just isn't fulfilling. Well, maybe it would be if we were content with Christ. Let me share a few things with us, and I want to help us over the next few weeks because of this dissatisfaction, you say, Pastor, what are you going after? I, I don't know what I'm going after. I honestly don't. I don't have a person picked out. I don't have a group of people picked out. But when I saw that phrase, who is our life, I thought, you know how many people are dissatisfied with their life? And it's just not enough. And I want to look at the scriptures here. And I want us to see, first of all, when he says in verse number three, for ye are dead. Now, when we see a statement like that, and this is kind of the reason I waited until the afternoon service, because usually the afternoon service or perhaps on a midweek service, maybe you understand a little bit more of your Bible than maybe a Sunday morning crowd if I were to get up and say you're dead. Most would be sitting there saying, okay, but I'm listening to you and I'm hearing you and I'm breathing. What does the Bible mean for ye are dead? Well, I want us to look at it in the Bible context of our past and our current condition of our flesh. You see, according to the scriptures, we were dead in sin, and now we are dead to sin. In Ephesians chapter number 2, and let me share this with us, Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 1, the Bible says, and you hath he quickened, that means to make alive or to revive. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So to the church at Ephesus, Paul is writing, you were dead. But to the saints here at Colossae, he is writing, for ye are dead. 
And it's true of the past and the current condition of the flesh in our new life in Christ that we were dead in sin, but now we are dead to sin. Understanding our position in Christ is what we're going to look at today. Our position in Christ for our identity that before we're saved, listen, we were dead in sins. The next couple verses in Ephesians chapter 2 just talked about how we were the servants to that to sin, that we fulfilled the lust of the flesh, and by nature we were the children of wrath. But you see, at the moment of salvation, we were not dead in sins anymore, but we were alive in Christ and dead in to sin, according when you get over to uh, Romans chapter 6 and chapter number 7 and start looking through those passages of Scripture, that listen, our identity's changed. We're no longer dead in sin, but we're alive in Christ and dead to sin. For you're dead. You know what that means? That means our old nature would have no control over us whatsoever. I stood before two bodies this week, and, and some of you have been at funerals, you understand what it's like to stand there and you say your goodbyes, or in the case of a Christian, you say, I'll, I'll see you in a little while, and we'll, we'll talk again soon <laughs> as we look at it from the Christian perspective. But we understand this, that when we talk about someone who is dead, that they have no feelings, no emotions, and no actions whatsoever. And when the Bible says that Christ is our life and we are dead, we are understanding that our entire identity now is wrapped up in Christ and not our old nature. In other words, if I'm a dead man, that means that my desires have no influence over me. Do you understand? And I would, I would never do this and be disrespectful whatsoever. But yet, and maybe you can do this. At, you'd have to get by my wife and kids to be able to do it first. But when I'm laying out in a casket, if you want to come up and try it, then try to get past them. But you can take a dead man's hand and slap him across the face, and he's not going to do a thing about it. You could walk up to me and listen, it may be the one time in your life that you may want to try it. You can walk up and you can just slap me. Can I say this? I'm not going to respond. And if I do, I'll probably scare you and everybody else at that moment right there. But listen, the Bible says that we're, we're dead. Our identity's changed. We're not alive to sin. We're dead to sin. And when we understand our position in Christ, when he says, when Christ, who is our life? Listen, it's not just that we were dead in sins and now we're dead to sins, but we got to understand who I am right now. You say, well, pastor, who are you? I'm alive in Christ. Because he says in verse number four, when Christ, who is our life. Now, I want you to read this with me. Turn back with me to Galatians chapter number two. I've had this verse on my heart all week long as I've looked at these verses. 
Galatians chapter number two, understanding about our identity. And listen, you're not going to get everything this afternoon. Come back next week, okay? We're going to keep looking at this matter, not just our position that we're in Christ and we're alive in Christ, but we're going to start looking at the practical side of our identity in Christ. But Galatians chapter two, and look at verse number 20, look at this. He said, I am crucified with Christ. What happens when a person is crucified? They're dead. That, that's the purpose of that. That's the intent of crucifixion, okay? For I am, cruci- I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. This is almost in that one phrase, the summary of Ephesians 2.1 and Colossians 3.3. 3, ye were dead in trespasses and sins, for ye are dead. We were dead, we are dead, but yet I live Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. It's interested in chapter 3 and verse 3, and I'll summarize. I'm going to skip back and forth, stay at Galatians 2.20, when he says, For ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ. You say, that's just contradicting itself. No, we were dead to sins. I mean, dead in sin. Now we're dead to sin. Our life is in Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Okay, let me keep reading. But Christ that liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you understand at the moment of salvation, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son? Our position changed. We became a child of God and we became alive in Christ. That's who we are in the Lord. Our life is hid with Christ in God. You say, but I'm crucified with Christ. Yes, my old man died with Christ. And now the life that I live, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, my identity today is not a dead man in sin. That's not my life. That's not who I am. Now, that's who I was. But can I remind us, my identity's changed. I am a child of God. I am a joint heir with Christ. I am alive in Christ. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's who I am. Where I'm at now, I'm in Christ. I'm not dead in sin. I'm alive in God, my identity. You say, I'm just having a hard time figuring out who I am. Well, start with your position in Christ. Start with that. You say, well, I'm I'm not just being the, uh, the most successful mom. I'm not being the most successful dad. I'm not being the most successful husband. Guess what? You're not going to be. And I'm not going to be. But I will say this, it makes my life as a husband and as a dad, as a friend, as a pastor, put whatever hat on that you want to. When I realize that my identity in Christ, that's where it all begins. And when I have it settled in my heart, this is who I am in Christ. Guess what? I found my life in Christ. I don't need to run all over this world and find myself. Well, they're just sowing their wild oats. Guess what? You don't need to. 
Get your identity in Christ and get it established who you are and there'll be satisfaction that's there. Hey, listen, are there people that do things better than I do? Yeah. Do I stay up at night worried about it? No. Not a bit. There's people in this room, they're smarter in some areas than what I'm smarter. But there's areas I'm smarter than they are. There's some that they know some book learning a whole lot better than I do. But there's some I know this book a whole lot better than they do. Now listen, does does that change my identity? No. I just realize who I am in Christ. This is who I am. Now, there's some things, and let me put this disclaimer right here, that there's some that will take that statement right there and say, well, it's all right to be who I am then. And they're rude all day long. And they're nasty. And they talk, well, that's just who I am. That's just who I am. No, we're talking about being in Christ. The old man's passed away, okay? We're talking about who we are in Christ, not living according to the flesh. My identity's changed. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. But then I want you to see this that our entire life should be about Christ. When he says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now, I read that little phrase, glory, shall appear with him in glory. And I thought about, and it tied in my mind, it may not in yours, automatically to the Christmas season, because when you get to Luke chapter number two and you have the shepherds there on the hillside, it says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the last time that the Lord appeared, he appeared to us in his glory. But the next time he appears, guess what? The Bible says we'll also appear with him in glory. And I tied those two together, and you say, why would we appear with him? Because listen, where Christ is, we are, he is our life. Everything about you ought to be a resemblance of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he's our life. Now, you name me one part of your body that when your body ceases to live that death does not affect. Name one part of your body. You can't do it. Your brain, your heart, listen, even on the outside, depending on how you die, your fingernails may change color. And and listen, if they don't get do some serious work and quick, it'll start to shrivel up. It'll start to decompose. And all of that, you know why? Because of death. But the same way that death affects every part of our bodies, can I say this? Life ought to affect every part of our bodies. And the Bible says that Christ is our life. Everything about us ought to be Jesus because he's our life. Do you understand outside of Christ, we have no hope, we have no reason to breathe, we have no reason to live, no reason to go forward whatsoever outside of Jesus. And we live in a day and age that people do not focus on who they are in Christ. And they do not settle it in their hearts and say, you know, this this is who God's made me to be. There's some, and and I'm not going to major on just moms or dads, but there's some moms that get so frustrated with being a mom. Well, I'm just a mom. 
I'm just taking care of kids. Do you understand that's who Christ has made you to be right now? And there's going to come a day that you're going to wish I could just go back to being a mom. Satisfied with our identity in Christ. Now, you say, why is this? Now, listen, don't, don't get upset. I'm just saying. We start looking at everything else and say, well, maybe if I go do this, yes, I've got all these responsibilities. If I go and do this, then maybe I'll find fulfillment. Dads are trying that. Moms are trying that. Husbands are trying that. Wives are trying why, why do you think a husband starts looking outside the home for fulfillment in a marriage? They're not satisfied with who they are in that marriage. Listen, that's who God's made us to be. Why do you think a woman, a, a wife will step outside the marriage? Listen, being content and satisfied with who God made us to be. But we look at it and say, I want to be someone else. I want to act like someone else. Instead of saying, this is who Christ made me to be. Christ is my life and I'm content. Now, I'm not saying I'm, and let me preface this next statement. I'm not saying I'm against going and getting another job and, and having to work somewhere. But I'll say this, I don't wake up on Monday morning and say, I'm going to go put my job application in somewhere. You want to know why? Because as of today, right now, I'm very content and happy where God has me and the position God has me in life. I'm not looking to change that. I'm not looking to, to, to move somewhere else and, and go do something else. And you say, why are you using that as an example? Because if I use you as an example, you'd get mad right now. So I'm using myself as an example. Contentment with who God has us to be. It's enough to be in Christ. It's enough to be where God has me, doing what God has me to do, and fulfilling this role in life. You know something? For 15 years, my role in life, my wife and I, our role in life was being a missionary with the Rock of Ages prison ministry for 15 years of life. But you know something? We came to the end of that, and as soon as God said, that's it, boy, it's like a, a light switch. We didn't care about being in Cleveland, Tennessee. We didn't care about living down there, didn't care about that house. We moved everything out of that house, lived in the same town for a month, and we'd drive by that house and look at it and try to spy on the who was moving in. You say, wasn't there emotions there? There really weren't. It was like, you know, that's what God had for us. Now it's this. And you know, let me encourage you, every parent goes through this. Every grandparent goes through this, that it comes to a point, this has been my role in life for these 20 years, and that's been raising my kids, but at some point, that's going to be over with. And then you start adjusting to the role of, realize grandkids are so much fun. And then you go into this stage of life, and listen, it's just who and where God has us to be. So listen, enjoy life because you're enjoying Christ and who Christ has you to be right now. Don't get so far ahead of it. Don't be looking for satisfaction elsewhere when Christ, who is our life. You are in Christ and Christ is your life right now. So enjoy every minute of it and be satisfied and content in the position that God has you. Because after all, you could still be dead in sins. 
We still could be lost without Christ, and it is it is understandable from the flesh on why someone would try to go and search everything and say, listen, I'm trying to find satisfaction because they don't have Jesus. But for those of us that have Christ, we ought to be the most satisfied people in the world because Jesus filled that void. Don't be looking for your identity in the things of this world. Don't look for your identity in your Facebook profile or your Instagram on how many likes, how many shares, how many stories. That's not where your identity is. Your identity is not in a boy, not in a girl. Your your identity is not in some business. Your Your identity is who you are in Christ. Well, I just need this to make me happy. I just need him. I just need her. I just need these things. No, we don't. We have Christ. And what Christ has for your life right now and the role that he's in, listen, be content and thrive in it. If God has you being a mom, then put 110% into that. If God has you being a dad and you say, oh, my life, I just feel like I go to work for 60 hours a week and I come back and, and these rug rat kids are all over the place. Hey, that's half your fault, by the way. Let's just get it settled. That's half your fault. Hey, this is a period of life. There's going to come a time, and you may say, yeah, like that's not coming for 30 years. You know something when you'll come home and you'll wish. You say, how do you know that? Because I've heard more than one account of husbands and wives when they sat down. There's one specific man my dad told me about when he was pastoring. At their 25th wedding anniversary, they walked in and sat down at a restaurant, and they sat across the table from each other, and he looked over at her 25 years together. He looked over at her, and he said, is this all there is now? 25 years. And she looked around. No one else was at the table with him. She said, yeah, guess it's just you and I. He said, excuse me. And he stepped up and put his napkin down and walked out of the restaurant and never came back. Left his wife at the table. You know what? You know why? You, you say, that's horrible. That's horrible. It is. He didn't know who he was. And his identity in Christ. Listen, get that settled. There's some ter- personal turmoil in individual lives and in family lives right now because you don't have it settled on who you are in Christ. And you get it settled in Christ, listen, everything else is just superficial because I'm settled of who I am in Christ. And the satisfaction of living, you say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. You won't need it because you got Jesus. Well, I'm a, I'm a new mom and, and I'm just pulling my hair out. Hey, listen, that's going to happen. Come alongside someone else, older moms that have been in it a little bit longer. Come alongside of them, say it's normal to want to pull your hair out. Not pull their hair out, okay? Pull your own. That stuff's normal in that phase of life, that time period of life. Is it ever going to end? Yes, but way too quickly. Way too quickly. And then God has another time of life for you. But you know something? It's not the time of life that identifies you. 
It's your position in Christ. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, that's your identity, is Christ. It's not a matter of figuring out whether you're a male or a female. It's a matter of figuring out are you satisfied with Christ and who he is in your life and saying that's what I'm satisfied with. I'm satisfied with Christ. He's my life. He's all about it. We're going to keep digging. Don't put the notes away yet. Okay? Practically, how does that work out in our lives? We're going to get into it, our position in Christ, and then practically our identity. And uh, I'm praying God will help us to be satisfied. Amen?